Hi everyone, Jenna here. Hope you all had a happy Easter weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. Food is a really powerful tool for not only fostering good health, but sometimes actually perpetuating illness. And food can also improve chances of, of conception and support healthy pregnancy, or it can complete, uh, complicate the entire process. Many of Melon Marker's followers are childbearing age. You know, with our Detect and Detox kit, we help people to learn what type of food that were actually exposing them to toxic chemicals that can negatively impact their health and or fertility. Today's guest is actually going to talk about, give us tips on using nutrition to help the body be healthy and ready for conception. We invited uh, Dara Godfrey of Reproductive Medicine Associate RMA of New York onto our IG Live to ch chat with us. We love Dara's approach because uh, she implements mindfulness and intuitive eating into her practice. She's also a registered dietitian and the host of the Fertility Forward podcast. So this should be a really fun conversation. I'm going to invite her to join. Hello, hi Dara. Hello, nice to see you, Jenna. You look amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love it. Oh, nice to no see you again. Today. I know, it all worked. <laughs> thank you so much. I gave a, a super brief intro. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your background, what made you become a fertility-focused registered dietitian. Yes. So I actually started, um, I want to say approximately 15 years ago as a registered dietitian and worked in a private practice, uh, predominantly working in weight management. And at that time, I um, got married. And, you know, a couple of years into the private practice, I uh, wanted to start a family myself and thought it would be easy since I was quite young. But had had a tough time and, and struggled and ended up going to Reproductive Medicine Associates, RMA of New York, which is where I currently work and had a fabulous experience and did IVF. And then asked him, I said, where, you know, we didn't really talk about food or wellness or nutrition. Do you have a dietitian on staff? And they said no. Uh, so I basically told them that they needed to hire me. And uh, 12 years later, and two IVF babies. I have been working in this field, but it's interesting because it was something that really wasn't a thing back then, mm -hmm. but knew it was an area of interest for, for many women who um, are struggling to get pregnant. RMA is so lucky to have you. Um, Thank you. I'm so lucky to, to be a part of the team. Yeah. So in your opinion, what role does nutrition play in overall health? Uh, it, it has a, a huge role. Um, nutrition is one component. I think lifestyle in general, but you know, they say you are what you eat. I really do believe what you eat plays a role in, in how your body functions. Um, it's, it's quite a, an interesting and complex system, but what, you're, what you eat can impact your, your hormones, mm -hmm. your fertility hormones, your stress hormones, it can help support your immune system. It really, you know, plays a role with all of our, our organs. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think part of it is what we eat. And I also think a big part of it is, is what we think about 
when we're eating the food and the connection in terms of our thoughts and what we eat and how we digest. It's a very complex system, but I find it so interesting that really it can make such a big impact, a positive or potentially a negative impact on how our day-to-day body functions just by right. what we consume. Totally agree. So like when it comes to fertility, like, you know, how long before you start your fertility journey should you be thinking hard about your diet? Well, what I like to tell patients, no matter when I meet with them throughout their fertility journey, the perfect time to start is right now. However, if someone comes to me way in advance and says, okay, when should I really start thinking about it? I would say the optimal time is approximately three months because it takes about three months for an egg to mature. So you can see a lot of the, the, the positive changes through, through your nutri- nutrition and through lifestyle, um, you know, three months prior. But really, any time that you are ready, willing, and able to make some changes, go ahead and, and do it. Right. So what are some important nutrients a woman looking to conceive should be consuming? So I do like to talk about specific nutrients, but I do always like to start with general eating. For me, my approach to nutrition is um, progress, not perfection, and looking at trying to find some sort of balance. And also, my philosophy in in life is is to look at the positive side of things and so my approach is to look at the things that people can add and and should try to add as opposed to the things that they should not be eating so the things that are are really helpful for for overall health but specifically for for fertility i like to start with something that's pretty easy and most people know about folate or or foods Mm -hmm. that are rich in folate and when you think of folate think of vegetables. It can come in many forms, also in oranges and in nuts and seeds, but most foods that are high in folate would be asparagus and spinach and avocados and broccoli and Brussels sprouts, all the veggies, you know, that you're told to eat as a young kid still are really (laughs) important now. And that is really important going into a pregnancy. Um, The other thing I like to talk about is uh, omega-3s. And, uh, you know, they're, they're healthy for many reasons, but uh, specifically for fertility, they have been linked to higher fertility rates and can be great for PCOS management. And uh, when you think of omega-3s, think of fatty fish, so salmon and trout, sardines, anchovies, or other great sources. You can get it from uh, omega-3 fortified eggs. And that can also be great. It's also linked to um, better uh, mental health. So <laughs> I also like to think of it that way too. It's not just about fertility, but a lot of women, well, a lot of women, I think most of us during uh, the fertility period when people are trying to get pregnant are under a lot of more stress and pressures. And, you know, if you can eat some food that can help a little bit, why not? And then vitamin D is one of those things that you can't necessarily find a lot from food sources, but I do like to highlight the importance of vitamin D that can help with ovulation and overall fertility. And um, I do recommend supplementing with a a vitamin D, especially for people that live where I live in the East side and the East coast, where it's still cold out and the sun isn't as strong. And most people nowadays are inside or, you know, Mm -hmm. wearing sunscreen. 
so getting, you know, a thousand to 2000 IUs of D3 uh, can be great. But for me, I generally, when it comes to nutrition and fertility, it's about not skipping meals, <laughs> having, right. you know, three meals a day, uh, not being afraid. A lot of women are afraid of protein. And so mm -hmm. I think protein is uh, a great, I think all macronutrients are important, protein, fats, and carbs. But I've noticed that a lot of women shy away from protein and your body is made up of, of cells and the cells major fuel is, is, you know, amino acids. So I do think it's really important to, to make sure women are getting enough protein, but there's, I mean, foods in general, uh, my philosophy is, is going for whole real foods and trying to have a variety of them. I think that um, is great for your overall health and for talking. I couldn't agree more. Uh, <laughs> we actually have we actually have like a one audience submitted question before. Oh, great. I'm assuming this actually apply to exactly what you just said. Uh, she asked, mm -hmm. what are good things to eat to prepare your body to start IVF? Yeah, um, I would definitely highlight, as I mentioned, folate. I would mm -hmm. highlight um, omega-3 fatty acids. Um, foods that are high in, in protein sources, whether it's animal protein or plant-based proteins. So it could be beans and quinoa, eggs, um, grass-fed beef. Um, uh, if you can get hormone, hormone-free pasture-raised, you know, chickens and, uh, eggs coming from, you know, pasture-raised chickens, nuts, seeds are something that I speak about a lot because I feel like for me, I'm all about getting foods that can give you a lot of bang for your buck. So right. <laughs> walnuts, I mean, I don't like using the word superfood, but walnuts are great because mm -hmm. they give you protein, they give you healthy fats, and they are a source of omega-3 fatty acids. The other thing I would say is almonds. So another, another nut, almonds, again, have protein and healthy fats. So they mm -hmm. keep you fully, feeling fuller longer. They can help stabilize blood sugars. But on top of that, they're a nice source of calcium. And I also like to highlight calcium. A lot of people nowadays are going dairy-free. And mm -hmm. I, I get concerned about our calcium sources and our, our keeping our bones strong. And so almonds uh, are a nice source of dairy-free calcium. Um, so that could be a, a great snack source. Love it. Somebody just asked free range eggs. Yeah, if you can, I mean, you get omega three, mm -hmm. but I think the, 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 the eggs, it's the chickens that are, you know, roam free and they're not in a cage. It's not the eggs themselves, but they are, they're the chickens. It's, it's just better, better quality food. If you can, it is a little bit pricier and that's what I'm sure frustrates you, but frustrates me that a lot of the food that I think is a lot better for the environment and better for our right. bodies can be a little bit you know, higher in price, unfortunately, right. but worthwhile, especially when it comes to fertility. Right. Especially someone's doing IVF, you're already spending a ton of money, then, you know, actually providing higher chance and then less of this kind of exposures is definitely worth it. I'm with you. And for me, I, I often, you know, if people go organic, frozen foods nowadays, mm -hmm. frozen. you can get a lot of foods that are frozen. So, you know, I always like to work with where, you know, I want to meet people where they're mm -hmm. at. And there's always something to, to support, support them. Right. So could you yeah. give us a snapshot of like a 24 hour meal plan? What would like a fertility friendly breakfast, lunch, dinner look like? <gasps> So uh, people, that's probably like the golden question that everyone asks me. Yeah. And, you know, I, my philosophy is 
instead of sticking in a box, this is, I'll give you a snapshot, but this is only one option. <laughs> I, for me, I like the idea of mixing things up. It's good for your gut. It's good for your overall health. And um, I don't like people to get too focused on this is what I have to eat, but I'll give you a general idea. Uh, breakfast, I'm a big fan of eggs. So making an omelet with the, the pasture-raised chicken, you know, the eggs, I would add in foods that are high in folate, like maybe some asparagus and spinach, maybe a quarter of an avocado. And I'm a big proponent also of fiber to help keep people regular and to keep people's blood sugars not getting too elevated in the morning. So I would sprinkle some flax seeds on top of there. And depending if you're going dairy-free or not, maybe adding some cheddar cheese if not maybe having a handful oh of almonds on the side <laughs> so delicious then, right so delicious and then you know mid-morning snack um an orange and maybe a handful of, of walnuts and then lunchtime i always like to start with protein so i would think uh, uh an organic chicken chicken breast or chicken thigh i would go for some more more veggies i'm a big proponent of veggies so uh broccoli and maybe a stir fry of broccoli and peppers and then i would do some form of complex carb like a sweet potato which is also you know high in beta carotene mm -hmm. which is great for you um or maybe even some quinoa and then afternoon snack ooh dessert hello a square of dark chocolate antioxidant Ooh. very important yum, and yum. then after <laughs> and then afternoon snack you know a, a fruit with a scoop of uh cashew butter almond butter peanut butter and then for dinner time ooh salmon i mean salmon i think is one of the um most nutritious proteins you can get out there if you have the option of getting wild salmon going for, you know, four to six ounces of wild salmon. And I would add in a lot more vegetables in there too. Uh, maybe some cauliflower rice. I would also maybe start with a salad and sprinkle some sunflower seeds, which are high in folate. And then I would do something, you know, for dessert. It could be a, a roasted pear or um, with maybe some chocolate oh. chip sprinkles on top too. <laughs> so, you know, that's a, that's a Oh snapshot. my God, so delicious. You know, but, um, you know, focused on complex carbs, high fiber, protein, vegetables, lots of nutritious fats. But for me, it's all about mixing it up. I love it. I love it. I feel like I can follow your diet, diet plan like every day. This is so delicious. And I'll tell you, it's, it's a lot of it, it is based on blood sugar control and blood sugar ma management. And for me, food A should taste good because also mentally, <laughs> if it doesn't taste good, you're not going to feel right. good. But B, it should also be something that gives you energy, but sustained energy. And I, you know, when I speak to my patients, I, I talk about keeping people's blood sugar in that happy blood sugar zone. So it doesn't get too high or too low. When you add sources of fiber and, and uh, protein and healthy fats and complex carbohydrates, that can help keep your blood sugars in that happy zone. Makes a lot of sense. Is there any consideration for guys, like for men and, you know, or sperm donor take, heading into, you know, procreation or fertility treatment? Totally, Jen. I'm happy you mentioned that. I mean, it takes two to tango and 50% of the uh, of it is is coming from the from the man. So I do think men also, if they have the option three months ahead of time, um, what I focus on with men 
And it's also with women, but I, I do like to focus on specifically is alcohol, limiting alcohol and caffeine consumption mm -hmm. beforehand. And then the things to actually add in, foods that are high in selenium. So that's great for sperm quality. And that, uh, you know, adding in maybe three Brazil nuts daily, it's not that much. Brazil nuts are very high in selenium. And then also foods that are high in zinc. Mm -hmm. So for those out there who like oysters, oysters, you can get it from other protein sources, but oysters are really rich in zinc. And then being mindful of too much red meat. I'm not anti-red meat. And for me, it's all based on what people like, preferences. Go for better quality like grass-fed beef, but trying to also up your omega-3s coming from, you know, those, those fatty fish like salmon and trout and sardines. Right. You mentioned like eating as much whole foods as possible. Or I'm also a big believer eating whole foods. Uh, not only they're really nutritious and then they're also not wrapped a lot of time in plastic packaging or packaged food, which give you a lot of harmful chemical exposures. And many of those are hormone disrupting chemical, which we test some of them. So any other health and nutrition consideration a couple should take should make? Well, before I get to that, I think it's great. I, I shout out to Lily Nichols, one of my favorite books, Real Food for Pregnancy. This is something that I uh, highly recommend to the men and women that I work with. But yeah, you know, I think it, it doesn't hurt to get your vitamin D levels checked prior to a fertility treatment, especially, I mean, granted, the people that I work with are, are mostly in the West, on the East Coast, where the sun isn't strong, the winters are cold. Um, and that's, you know, the sun is the easiest way of getting vitamin D. So I do think it's great to get your levels checked um, and then potentially supplement accordingly. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big supplement promoter. I think prenatal vitamins are very important and potentially vitamin D. But I do mm -hmm. think that's something that we're seeing a lot of nowadays, that our D levels are low. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see a lot more connection between health, overall health. And, and low vitamin D levels. And then I didn't mention vitamin C. I mean, we're kind of getting into the warmer months, but to keep our immune system strong, I really do like to highlight foods that are high in vitamin C, um, which can also be linked to, to uh, fertility health. Um, people think of citrus, but what about peppers and broccoli? And I'm trying to think of like seasonal. We're kind of getting out of pomegranate season and going into mango and pineapple and papaya season. Oh, and watermelon. Watermelon. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> yum. <laughs> so then if a, a lady who got pregnant, then, you know, should she follow the same um, healthy diet after preconception? Well, what kind of alterations should she be making? Absolutely. You made a good uh, point. Yeah, I, I generally recommend having a very similar protocol throughout a pregnancy. Of course, there are certain things to tailor here and there. That's when, you know, sometimes the no's or the things that you need to modify come into play, you know, cooking certain foods all the way through, excuse me, or um, minimizing exposure to um, unpasteurized cheeses or heating them up. Um, but in terms of overall health and, and, and nutrition, the, the general guidelines are the same. Having, you know, three meals a day, not skipping right, your not meals. Skipping. Yeah, well, especially for me, if you are to be able to get in all the vital macronutrients and micronutrients, it's very hard to pull them in to, to two meals a day. And I feel like women are definitely much more likely to listen to me when they're eating, when they're 
when they're working to conceive and also when they're eating for, for not just them, but for a growing baby. So it, it is quite similar, but it does change a little bit from trimester to trimester. So then before leading to birth, does a woman need to change the diet a bit, like a weeks before birth then? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. So for each trimester, you, you know, I, there's certain things that I personally like to highlight. So the first trimester folate is so important to help uh, prevent neural two defects. Mm -hmm. So that's when I do like to highlight making sure you get in those green vegetables. Second trimester, you know, uh, focusing on your omega-3 rich foods, because that's a, a, a very important time for a baby's brain and eye development. And then leading into the third trimester and, and getting, you know, near to the end of a pregnancy, I like to highlight, you know, foods that are rich in iron and calcium. Mm -hmm. And also, this is something that I think um, gets forgotten, hydration. Mm. Your, your water needs go up to help support, you know, a baby and also the you know, placenta. And um, also, you know, for uh, breastfeeding purposes, your water needs go up. So really focusing on, on staying hydrated, whether it's coming from water or, or a tea or um, even foods that are rich in water. And I see you're using uh, either a HydroFlex or one of those cups. I mean, a Yeti. I'm oh, yeah, Yeti. So this is my favorite Yeti. thing ever. It's usually this or a clear glass jar. Perfect. <laughs> that's, that's exactly the recommendation we want people to, to make. And, no plastic And that's cups. a great... Yeah. But I'll tell you, it's a great way to start, you know, for people who are overwhelmed. I think it's the easiest place to begin is what you drink, is what you drink out of. Yeah. Right, right. Do you feel a partner, the partner's eating habit can also have an impact on a pregnant woman? So I think it could work both ways. I think women's cravings or habits can influence their partners. Right. And I think partners eating habits can influence, you know, but it's interesting that we often blame the other. You made me <laughs> eat this. You kept the ice cream in the, you know, in the freezer. So, you know, for me, I, I always like to, when I meet with, you know, one partner or, or partners together, I always focus on, you guys are there to help uplift each other mm -hmm. and to work on the positives. You know, they're, you're there to support each other. But if something it doesn't feel supportive, you need to let them know, you know, I don't mind if you want to eat fill in the blank, but when you're doing it in front of me, that's not, that, that is making <laughs> me, that's triggering me. Can you, do you mind doing it when I'm not around? But I've, I've noticed it's, I always tell patients, use me as the excuse. Say, oh, my dietitian told me to do this. Right. As, when it's coming from your partner, they don't want to listen to you. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think, you know, the, the positive reinforcement is always the way to go. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's great when, when you can, you know, have each other to support one another or even <laughs> friends or family members that can help be positive influences. And if people are negative, I'm all about having a discussion, being open, <laughs> doing it in a kind way. Right. <laughs> it, it definitely goes better if you're, if you're positive as opposed to negative. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think in, in general, whether you're pregnant or not, um, a partner or friend can be a, a positive influence or a negative influence in your eating, for right. sure. You mentioned about um, mindfulness, intuitive eating, which like, I love. What are some strategies? Like, you know, what does that mean to you? And then what are some strategies that people can make mindful choices? 
Yeah, I love that this term has been like has exploded. And it's it actually started with these two women from intuitive eating. I went to listen to them a number of years ago at, at this nutrition conference, and I was so blown away. And it's something that you know, I grew up doing but not necessarily knowing what the name you know what it meant what did intuitive meeting mean and for me it means being um present and you know it, it's it kind of aligns also with my philosophy of you know east meets west and i was mm -hmm. trained western medicine but eastern has been you know eastern health has been a big part of my uh more present day life and you know a big philosophy and you know in buddhism or mm -hmm. in meditation is being present so when I think of mindful eating, it's being in the present moment. And it can mean, you know, I think we tend to distract ourselves these days when we're eating. I'm not sure about you, right. but like, if you actually think totally. realize we're on our phone, we're watching TV, watching TV. We're, we're listening to a podcast, we're, you know, and as opposed to, and there's something to be said about um, people who say grace before a meal or like say thanks for their meal. That in itself, in my opinion, is, is mindful mm -hmm. eating, is, is being thankful and going into a meal in, in a, a more positive, you know, spirit. And I think that in itself can play a big role in how we digest our food and how we actually feel. Mm -hmm. So that was a kind of a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, it's really, it's a really graceful answer. I love it. Yeah. I, so it's being in the present and I think, you know, it, it's a practice and I think that's what a lot of people think is like, oh, I can't be mindful. And it doesn't mean that you have to be mindful all the time, but I think just being aware mm -hmm. that, um, that our food's in front of us and then we can actually pay attention to it and be appreciative of it. Yeah, I felt like I've seen some studies when you're not mindful, you know, you're eating in front of your computer, you just keep eating. And, you know, it doesn't register to your head that you're full, or you should stop eating, and then people tend to overeat. Um, so being mindful will actually help you take more control of your society and everything. For sure. It, it can. And I think also when we slow down and we pay attention, mm -hmm we can actually recognize when we're more satisfied mm -hmm. as opposed to when we have distractions um, that can, we're less in tune with our hunger and our fullness. And for me, the other thing when it comes to intuitive eating and mindfulness is I like to have the approach of, of being non-judgmental. I think for a lot of us after the fact, oh, wow, I, I don't feel great or my stomach doesn't feel great or oh, I ate that too quickly or that food was bad. And you know, my approach is, is looking at whatever that eating pattern has been in a non-judgmental, kind of like as a witness, like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, that just happened. As opposed to what we often go through is the shame and the guilt of like, mm -hmm. I can't believe I did that. I'm bad. The food was bad. And I think when we change that mindset and look at it in a non-judgmental way, I mean, Number one, you feel better. You don't feel guilty right. or shameful. And I really do believe it can play a role with how we digest our food. I think a lot of the stomach distress that we have really is, it starts here. Mental. And how we, yeah. Okay. Wow. This is such great information. So how can someone start working with you? So I currently, I'm, I'm working at RMA. So if you are an RMA patient, if you, if you are, um, 
having any fertility struggles. I see um, any patient that works at RMA that uh, wants some nutrition support. Yeah, so that's, that's the best avenue for now. And you also have a podcast. Tell us about the Fertility Forward podcast. Yeah, so I started uh, the Fertility Forward podcast two years ago now with my colleague and dear friend, Rena Gower, who is um, our therapist at RMA. And we both started, we both, you know, both had our own fertility struggles. And we recognized that there was a lot of information that wasn't out there for everyone to hear. And it's great. I mean, we've had you on, which is wonderful. I've learned so much from you. And it's, I'm so honored to be on on your podcast, but it's, it's just so nice to meet people in this space mm -hmm. and to learn, um, you know, we have doctors on, so we learn more of the medical side. We have people more in the lifestyle realm also. So we have people who are, um, you know, acupuncturists and trainers. Um, so people in all different areas. And we've even had patients come on and people in the advocacy space as well. Um, just so we can all learn and people can be more well-informed and, you know, and then meet fabulous people like yourself. <laughs> I just learned so much from you today. And then we're going to have Rena on in the next couple months to talk more. She's incredible. Yeah, super, super exciting. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, so everyone, be sure to follow Dara at Dara Got Free Nutrition. And also follow RMA, Reproductive Medicine Associate RMA Fertility. Um, you can book a consultation with Dara at rmany.com. And then we have all the info in the LinkedIn bio promoting this post. So thank you so much, Dara, for joining us. This is such great information. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.